All right, everybody, on today's episode of Locked On Avalanche, the Athletic has finally gotten to the Avs and their season preview. We will talk about that. Uh, should we were, I think we were going to talk about it the other day, but we never got around to it. Should guys like like Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr and Miko Renta, should they be playing more in the preseason? We will discuss that. And why not throw out some, I wouldn't necessarily say predictions for the Stanley Cup final, but maybe matchups we would like to see if the Avalanche are lucky enough to make it back there again. Who would we want them going up for their second Stanley Cup championship in a row? Let's get to it all. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Because I'm pretty sure none of us want to have uh, another Avalanche lightning matchup. I think we're pretty safe saying the lightning will not be brought up in that segment. Some teams will, and maybe you will, and maybe you won't want this matchup or whatever we're thinking, but uh, it's kind of fun at this stage in the the uh, coming up to the regular season, the preseason, kind of talk about stuff like this and then look back and realize how wrong we were. So uh, it's always fun to do. <laughs> Uh, welcome aboard, everybody. Lock on Avalanche. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. You can follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on the YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Uh, before we get to any of this stuff, Shaggy, I I just posted that thing that our listener Josh had sent us and it's his house decorated for Halloween. If you don't follow on Twitter and didn't see it, I don't, I haven't, I haven't put up to Instagram yet, but I will put up on Instagram. Uh, he decorated it as his house and there's just one section of it where there's basically the grim reaper. Uh, I don't think it has an avalanche Jersey on, but it has an av- the avalanche logo on it mm-hmm. and he's, you know, standing tall and beside him are three graves or four graves. I'm sorry, with uh, the logos of all the teams. It's got you know the Predators. It's got uh, the the Oilers. Yeah. It's got Tampa. It has all the the Blues. Has all the teams that they beat on each one of the gravestones. But the piece de resistance in that is coming out of the the St. Louis Blues grave is just like a skull and bones with a Blues jersey. And a water bottle sitting right in front of it. It's brilliant. <laughs> you I fill love. in the blank. <laughs> oh, it was great. It's great. So, uh, and I give him credit for buying a blues jersey, probably just to do this too. By the way, so and four uh, graves, and none of them are named Ryan. No, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan will like that one. Um, <laughs> all right, everyone. So, uh, yeah, the, the athletic. We'll get started with that. Yeah. Um, if you don't subscribe to the athletic, Kyle and I talk about it all the time. Absolutely love what they do and how they cover um, all sports, especially, obviously, hockey. Um, it is a subscription-based website, so if you don't subscribe to it, um, we we are not affiliated to them whatsoever. Um, I would recommend it, especially with the hockey season here. And mm-hmm. they do things like what they're doing right now is um, they're doing se- like season – previews for every single team and they're doing one a day it's basically essentially it's amounting to like their power ranking to start the year they're going from the worst to the best 
The worst was uh, Arizona, and they are now almost done with it. And I was kind of interested to see where the avalanche would be. I didn't know. And this is why I kind of like the athletic. They didn't just throw them in at number one. They actually threw the avalanche in at number three. Um, and they base it on models. They base it on uh, the, the last three years. They take the, that into account. They they lean heavily on the GSVA model, which if you don't know what that means, it stands for game score value added. It's a very convoluted uh, like formula that I can't even figure out, but the, the experts know they can just look at it and know what it's all about. Um, so they use a lot of analytics. It's not just what these guys feel. So they're going off of numbers. Um, and they have the Avalanche at number three. The only teams that they don't have ranked yet, and we'll know who number two is, and then substantially, subsequently, there we go, mm-hmm. who number one will be. The only teams they haven't done yet are Calgary and Toronto. So they will be number one and number two. In what order? We don't know. We'll find that out on uh, Wednesday. So for the abs, they come in at number three and it's, it, I love these season previews. I've, I've read every single one of them. They're, they're just so informative and it's a good mixture of uh, really deep analytics for the people that like that. And then just g- basic, like regular, just talk and, and yeah. writing about the team that, so, so the people that just want to hear that stuff or read that stuff, you're included in that too. It's not just for the, you know, mathematician heads. Um, so they have the abs at number three. And just on that, does that surprise you? Yes, especially with the two names in front of them. I think Toronto has more questions than Colorado going into this season, especially with who, like you saw the reports about them putting forwards on defense and trying different roles out. Like Toronto seems like they are a huge enigma going into this year where it's a make or break especially with a lot of contracts up there so yeah calgary i mean it's the sexy pick for number one for a lot of people so i could i could see the argument for that but colorado at three i'm it's not i'm not gonna lose sleep over it no uh, and 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 i think a lot of people might throw their hands up be like oh they won the cup and they should automatically be number one and a lot of people feel that way um and again this is kind of why i like the athletic like no we're taking things into account and um, one of the first things that they do in all of these is throw up a graphic and I put it up on uh, Twitter and Instagram and it's a pretty simple graphic and it just mm-hmm. kind of gives you what the point projection is for the abs. And according to them, uh, 106.6 points. So we'll just say 106 or 100 point, or 107 points for the abs is what they project them to do. 96% chance to make the playoffs, 11% chance to make the Stanley Cup. Um, they had so then they do like these pluses and minuses thing, um, where they grade the forwards, your line, like everything. Basically, the only thing where the abs fall short is in their fourth line, they have a D minus, their goalies at a C minus, and so but overall, they give them an A minus, and then they individually rank some uh players and they give them a score, and that score is it's a zero to five. Although, how on on Edmonton's, uh, Connor McDavid comes in at a 5.4. I thought this thing maxed out at five, which is MVP level. Somehow he's gone way over that. Um, Well, yeah. You also need to take note that they spelled defense with a C. 
They always so do. That is, yeah. that is uh, why your Edmonton <laughs> uh, Connor McDavid rating is through the ceiling. Yeah, so. they, they've taken to that spelling of it. Um, so, you know, you start at 0.0 and you go up to 5.0 and then there's different tiers along the way. Your stars here. So Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen come in at 4.4, which is in between that franchise player and MVP. Uh, Kale McCarr comes in at 4.8. So he is as close as you can get to that MVP level. Mm-hmm. Um, as in Gabe Landeskog's at a 3.1. That's in. That's right over what would be considered a star player. Um, well, Val Nachuskin is at a 2.3 which is just over what would be considered a top player, Devon Taves at a 3.2. So he's over that star level. They talk about him a lot in this article. They really seem to be uh, you know, behind Taves and kind of are saying, like, if it wasn't for Nathan McKinnon, or excuse me, if it wasn't for Kale McCart, we would be talking about Devon Taves yeah. all the time, is basically especially- what they're saying. Especially like with you talking about how they use so many metrics and analytics and like Taser has been one of those guys. If you are in the school of mind for analytics and metrics of this nature, Taze is he's that in spades. Like he has been a darling when it comes to analytics and putting up the stats no matter where he is. Mm -hmm. So him landing in Colorado, you would think that. He would really burst on the scene, but Kale McCarr has also been sharing some of that spotlight. But yeah, I could see why he has such a high rating, and uh, yeah. it's he's been one of those guys that uh, the hockey minds have been talking about for a very long time. Yeah. So what they get, and, and interestingly enough, um, the Avalanche come in at number three, like we've been saying. Um, the Minnesota Wild are number five in this ranking. And how I was saying they have the as projected at 106.6 points. They have the wild at 105.5. They have them right there with them. It's going to be one of those years, huh? But I don't even think it's the wild. I, I'm big on Nashville. I really think Nashville is, is going to be that team. I think Minnesota will be there. Uh, but right on the heels of the abs, I don't... I, I think they'll be close, but I don't think they're going to be a point away from them at the end of the regular season. That's just my thinking. You know, I agree. That's why, that's why you play the regular season because things surprise and things happen. Um, they go through the projection. Uh, they obviously talk about the loss of Kadri, Burkowski, and Kemper, and, and that's, you know, very real. They don't make any bones about that. Um, and they talk about who is the, the replacements of it. Obviously, they talk a lot about uh alex newhook so they they go they always have this one section and called the big question and the big question for them is can the abs repeat after losing nazim kadri andre burkowski and darcy kemper in the offseason and they basically say like yes they can and the thing with the abs is that you have to remember is i i think because they were so good last year and they really were kind of i, I hate to use the term head and shoulders like above the rest of the league, but they were as close to the, to that as you can get. Mm-hmm. They were a, a solid, solid, great team. And yeah, the pieces that they lost dropped them back to the pack a little bit. It doesn't, doesn't mean that teams have su- superseded them and over overridden them. It's just that the ads have come back to the pack a little bit, but they're still that team that can definitely win another Stanley cup with what they have now. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year's team made household names out of guys like Darren Helm, Josh Manson, like the supporting cast that you typically don't think as pivotal pieces of a playoff team. The Avalanche did a really good job at making that last year in the playoffs. And you can do the same this year. Like there's no there's no reason you can't do that with Erod or Sedlick or anybody who they decide to call up in that um, from the Eagles or any offseason move that the Avalanche have made. There's no reason they can't fit in, plug in, and continue what the Avalanche are doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. So um, they get into the Kadri thing, like I said earlier, and and the I want I'm looking forward to the Calgary one because I want to see what they say specifically about Kadri mm-hmm. for this season. They touch on it for this one, but because he's not a member of the Avalanche anymore, they don't dwell on it too much. But they basically say like to expect him to do what he did again is not likely, even if he was on the Avs. Like, yeah, he'd have a really good season, but he probably would, you know, his production would probably dip a little bit. They don't go into the numbers and what they exactly would be, which is, like I said, why I want to read the Calgary one. Um, but so, so they kind of say like, if it's going to be Alex Newhook to think that he can provide some sort of production in that realm is not too far fetched. Will he do what Kadri did not last year, but a regular Nazem Kadri like year, maybe he won't even do that, but he could do something close to it. And he doesn't have to be the guy that, that drives the production on a second line because he's going to have two guys on the wings that are more than capable of doing that. And if it yeah. is Miko Rantanen, if it is Arturi Lekkinen, let them be the guys that just pile up the stats. And he just has to not screw up, basically, and he'll be fine. So yeah, you, a good point that they made. Yeah, and you got to understand a lot of what Nas brought last year was that veteran presence and that understanding on, and that, hey, you don't have to do it this way. Try it this way. It's very unfair to say Newhook is going to be stepping into that role when he's figuring that out himself. Like, you got to differentiate what Kadri brought. If you are asking for that leadership, you're not getting it from Newhook or anybody, honestly. there's You're not going to get that from anyone. But if you mm-hmm. want that offensive production, that's where Newhook could bring it in. That's where JT Comfort could bring it in. That's who whoever in that role, you could probably get that offensive production from somebody else, but you're not going to get that veteran leadership and that understanding right. of the game like Nas brought. Yeah. And you Newhook really New- separate it. And I say Newhook doesn't have to be like the one piling up points, but he can do that. Yeah. He he is offensively gifted. And you know, if he can hit a stride, he will be every uh every every chance is going to be given to him to be that guy and kind of put up close to regular Nazem Kadri like numbers and one thing that they said in here that that really like when they when they said it I almost felt like yeah that's how what that's what I've been thinking I just couldn't get it out and what they said was um I'm paraphrasing but it was almost like with with Kadri if guys like McKinnon went down or Miko Rantanen went down you felt okay you felt comfortable Mm -hmm. like okay we're not gonna dip that much in production and you kind of do with guys like Alex Newhook, not taking away what we were just talking about, his athletic ability and his offensive ability. But yeah, like you just get the feeling that if for whatever reason one of those top guys goes down, can someone like him have that next man up? Yeah, that's always possible, but it hasn't been shown yet. 
So when they said that, I'm like, yeah, that's a great, great point because we've been through injuries how many times? And with when you have someone like Nazem Kadri in your back pocket, you're you're still comfortable. Like, okay, we're not going to miss a beat, and you want to get to that point with someone like Alex Newhook. So um, they talk about a wild card. The wild card, they say, is is Bone Byram, actually. Um, and they're kind of like not on the fence with him. They know he has all the skill in the world, but it's the injury stuff. It's the the concussion stuff. So they say, you know, if he goes off, we're talking about Sam Gerrard next year because the abs are going to have to pay him yep. if he goes off. If he doesn't, he's still – if he has just like a, a modest season, he's not going anywhere they just won't have to shell out a ton of money for him. So that's kind of uh, the wild card spot. They're, they talk about their core. They list their core as Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Gabe Landeskog, Valnachuskin, Kel McCarr, Devon Taves, and Alexander Georgiev. I don't – I mean, I think they've been putting goalies in for most of that for the core. I think there was some where they haven't. Just interesting to see him involved with the core. Um, but they talk about – and they they laud over how this team was constructed and and how this is like the blueprint for every team right now to when you are down how to build up a core they yep. they say there is none better in the league this is the best core in the league hands down end of discussion end of argument and it will be for a handful of seasons to come so and I, and i really don't think you can argue that no deceit detected. No, no. Um, so that that's that's the biggest part is the the core in this. They talk about the support. Um, and you know, that kind of goes back into the new hook talk. Um, uh, they talk about Artrey Lekin in there. They even mentioned Logan O'Connor there. They talk about Evan Rodriguez. Um, and then they get to they kind of wrap all these up with best case scenario, worst case scenario, and bottom line. And for their best case scenario, they, you know, they say McKinnon with the cup and a new contract taking care of levels up and finally wins a heart, narrowly beating out Kale McCarr. Uh, the replacements, particularly Georgiev, doesn't miss a beat, giving the Avs a refreshed group that shifts the narrative and starts a mini dynasty of its own. Colorado beats Toronto in one of the best cup final, finals in, that any of us have ever seen. The worst case scenario is the short summer catches up with the holdover and the replacements can't pick up the slack or adequately replace Kadri, Burkowski, or Kemper. McKinnon and McCarr both deal with nagging injuries. Georgiev self-destructs in a six-game first-round loss to Dallas. Uh, <laughs> the bottom line, says the Avalanche, still measure up as contenders and as the best in the Central Division, but there are a number of new challenges that come with being the reigning champs. As the Stanley Cup winners, Colorado just became the model team to beat. It's who everyone wants to strive to be like and has to stack themselves up against. Um, so they say, and then what's harder than winning a Stanley Cup? Winning back-to-back. So, uh, I mean, we we went through that article quickly. There's a lot in there, like I said, a lot of stats, a lot of uh, uh, reasons why this guy will do well or, or questions on this guy. Fantastic, fantastic uh, write-up. And um, I, I think they hit a lot of good points for yep. uh, for the Avs in this season. And for them to say Avs in Toronto will play the best uh, Stanley Cup final ever, uh, that kind of tipped the hand, I feel, that they put Toronto at number one. Just just how I feel. Ooh, we I will like find that. out yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, good thinking. 
All right, let's hear from Bet Online, and then uh, we'll get into about our starters. So, uh, BetOnline.net, your number one source for all of your football betting info for this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sport available. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head over to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Bing. Go on. All right. um, So... You know, we had uh, our preseason game against Dallas where we finally saw our regulars and, you know, our our stars and our starters. And it's nothing that's unusual. You know, a a lot of teams don't play their stars in the first couple games and then they'll play them towards the end. Um, And I I kind of am wanting to, like, bring this up. And I know it's a different sport. Mm. um with with football and the denver mm. broncos right now that are just playing i mean they're two and two and they're lucky to be that um and i remember hearing when they were like we're not going to play russell wilson at all in the preseason like it was no mystery that you were not going to see him in the preseason i thought that was a mistake yep you have a brand new quarterback and a brand new system with a brand new head coach and now look what's happening and i feel like it's a, a direct result of him not getting a lot of reps in the preseason among other guys. And for the for football, it's it's different, but because there's you know, there's 18 games or 17 games, and and every single game holds so much value. For a hockey season, you're you're not gonna play those guys all the time uh in every regular preseason game because there's 82 games and you 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 have more time to okay, if you get off to a slow start, you have more time to just combat that and it's not going to to really affect you that much uh down the road but it's just like you don't want to start the season off slow so do you play like should teams be playing their their stars more so they can hit the ground running on day one um you know especially for the abs because day one is gonna be a big big day for them you don't want to be be rusty in that in that aspect you bring up very good points about dangerous and how the Broncos are playing dangerous right now because of mm. that. Um, you can see a lot of the same parallels in the avalanche right now. Um, there are some new faces there that have to learn the system and how things operate. And Nathan McKinnon needs to be out there and leading this team. We're not saying be there for the split squad. Can't watch you in Minnesota game. We don't need you to be there. Mm-hmm. But this last week before the end of preseason, we need to see everybody out there working together because I, as you were talking about this, I pulled it up. We start out with a back-to-back. Yeah, right. That's a that's a home and away back-to-back. And then you got it, you're right back into it. You have a back-to-back the next week, Seattle. And then you go to, um, then you have Vegas. Yeah. And then the next week, another back-to-back. It's yeah, New Jersey yeah. and the Islanders. You need to be together, maximizing the time together, working together to hit this season. Like you, the article that we just mentioned from the athletic brought up the point that 
the avalanche did not start last year off the best right and we kind of righted the ship and it's tails all this time everybody knows what happens you don't have that same caliber we talked about Nas not being there berkey and all those faces that helped right the ship you have a new bunch of faces that still don't know how the avalanche play hockey and how to play with nathan mckinnon like you they they still won't yeah. have the understanding of playing with Gabe Landeskog or Nachushkin. They still have to figure that out. There's so much synergy that needs to be worked out. You want everybody on board as early as possible, figuring that out because it's not going to get any easier when the season starts. No, and and what the Avs did last year is uh, people can be saying like, yeah, the, the beginning of the regular season like doesn't matter. You can you can correct that. You can correct that ship. I get that. Um, but you know, like you, you don't want to get off on that foot. Chicago didn't. And look at what happened to them. They couldn't, they couldn't, they started out slow and had to blow that team up. Right. And I know injuries are, uh, you know, nobody wants to get injured in preseason. Nobody does. Uh, it's going to happen. And you have things that happen to like, uh, what happened to like Trevor Zegras the other day, he took a shot and why? Cause the guy who gave him the shots trying to make the team. So that stuff like that is going to happen. So, and and they were talking about this on on Thirty Two Thoughts, and I and we kind of mentioned this, kind of like tongue in cheek, but they kind of talked about it as it's been discussed. And I really wish this would happen. We're we're talking about football, and what do they do in football uh, for for preseason? They the the starter starting quarterback plays a drive or two, and he's out. He doesn't yep. play the rest of the game. Why can't you do that in in NHL preseason? Get get Nathan McKinnon out there, and if you can't, you can only make make the change during the intermission. Say, they got to play. You know, you would put him out there for a period just to get the the game flow down, and you yep. know, and then he's gone, and then he's done. Then he's done. He played twenty minutes, or you know, he played a twenty minute period, uh, mm-hmm. and then he's out. And then you can you can dress a ton of guys and make these changes. Why can't you do that in the NHL? That, that doesn't make any sense. Like that would be the best idea to put Nathan McKinnon out there. That whole top line, whoever's healthy, put him out for the first period. They could set the tempo and see, like you could sit on the bench and observe how everybody else is going to play because those are your line mates. Those are your brothers for the rest of the season. You need to understand how everybody works. Just get out there. Like I, I, yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of them not even being around on the bench. No. And, and yeah, and then, then they can take the pads off and then just wear the Jersey. Yep. <laughs> like the quarterbacks do on the sideline, put on the can, track suit, the cool new track suit yeah, that we got. And they can stand on the bench with Bednar or something like that if they wanted to, or they can just hang out and just be there. And you're, you're just getting those little bits of game flow and, and, and under your belt. So when, when, you know, game one comes because I like, yeah, I'm excited for Ab Chicago. But I'm also feeling like it's going to be a mess of a game. Yep. Because it's usually is. It usually is game one because the timing is not there. And if you could just get six or seven minutes, I know that sounds like nothing, but uh, for for a, a period, Kale McCarr played 25 minutes the other day. Do I want Kale McCarr playing 25 minutes in a preseason game? <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. But if you had him just sporadically, like a smattering of minutes here and there, spread across all of the preseason games, I just feel like that would be a little bit better. You get them conditioned a little bit more. You get in the game speed. And then when 
game one comes, you're not working all that stuff out in game yeah. one against Chicago. Because that's the last thing I, I want to hear after the Chicago game, getting ready for Calgary the next night, the alleged number one or two with the athletic, that um, Nathan McKinnon, it's taking me a minute to get used to everything. No, that's what preseason's for. I don't yeah, want to hear. Yeah. I don't want to hear. Know. I know. I like, And like I'm saying, like I don't want them to play like these full games. That's what they're doing. And they're, you're cramming all this stuff into the end of the preseason. And then in practice – and you can get what you can get out of practice, but that's not, you know, a, an opponent. Um, I don't know. Just something of consideration I think uh, could be addressed. And yeah, why not have uh, – because you're still going to get those guys that are trying to make the team. They'll get the majority of the minutes in, in period two and three. I don't know. Something to think about. We need to be commissioners, man. Yeah, dude. Co-commissioners? I think we could do that. Yeah. look like those dudes on The Muppet Show. Oh, uh, uh, the, the two old guys. Yeah. Oh my God. My kids watch that all the time and now I'm blanking on their name. That's what we'll just have like that little booth of the Muppet show theater. And we'll just sit there and tell the league how to go. Yeah. All right. And, uh, why not throw out some, like I said, not Stanley cup predictions, but maybe more or less uh, Stanley cup matchups that we would like to see if the avalanche do get back to the Stanley cup final. Um, is there anybody out there based on, well, I know like your, your East coast team is, are, are the devils and you throw them out there if you want to, you would love to see a, an avalanche devils Stanley cup. Yeah. Final. One of them. Like selfishly, like, especially now that I get to enjoy hockey with my kids to like have that moment of like avalanche devils part two with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like that was like the moment that really landed like my <laughs> fandom to like super star, like fandom was that devil series. Like I fell in love with them during the Florida Panther series, mm-hmm. but to enjoy Avs devils, my two teams, that, that would be selfishly what I'd like to see. And it would indicate a power shift in the East. So for the league yeah. and going forward, if that even happens, like, because honestly, the devils are building the exact same way that Colorado is. So if it's almost like, um, the avalanche are it's like avalanche part two is what the devils mm-hmm. are building. So it would be yeah. really good to see that. And for what it's worth on, on the athletics uh, season previews, they have New Jersey at 19. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they've breaking, they've broken into the teens. Um, yeah. And, and I, I'm a big Hughes fan. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't to, to start his career, but just watching him and just like the fun that he seems to be having, like he's, he's enjoyable to watch. So um as unlikely as that matchup is, um, is there any that of, of a matchup of a more likely team that could make it? Florida. I want to see Colorado, Florida. We talked about every chance we had last year. We talked about how good that game was, and that was something we couldn't recapture. Was that Florida, the Florida Panther, Colorado Avalanche game? So good. It was something we chased all year, and we dreamed about that being the Stanley Cup uh, matchup. It didn't turn out to be. Now that we tackled the giant in Tampa Bay, let's go after Florida. Like mm. that will be a fun one of those that you hope it goes seven games. Um, just to watch seven games between these two in playoff Stanley Cup action. I mean, you can't write a better story than that. Mm. Um, and as far as the athletic season preview for the Florida Panthers, they're number four. So they are right behind the avalanche. Uh, so they have them up there again. And even with that big move that they made, yeah, they're still up there. 
Um, <clears throat> any any others? You got you got a a, a third one or th throw throw them out there. You, you know, and I I I kind of smiled when you said it. Like the athletic mentioned it. Just this Avalanche Toronto series is mm -hmm. one of those that you just feel like hockey writers have been throwing out there as a prediction for so many years in a row. We finally need it to happen. We need yes. Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews. We need original six versus the Quebec Nordiques. Like, <laughs> come on. Uh, th that's definitely one of mine is Avalanche in Toronto. And maybe one of the big reasons why I'd love to see that happen is because whenever Toronto does make it to the Stanley Cup final, it is going to be a huge deal. Yeah. Huge deal across not just the NHL landscape, but sports. Yep. So I would want to be that other team in there playing them because you're going to get uh, publicity and, and, and noticed just as much as they are. Of course, yep. you want to be the team that beats them, but it's going to be massive news whenever Toronto gets to that Stanley. And they are a good team. I know a lot of people like to make fun of them and say they can't get out of the first round. That's a very real thing. Avalanche couldn't get out of the second round. And, you know, pe people love to have those uh, th those what do they call them? The, you know, like the curse, the curses, like curse oh, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Like it's fun for, to be a fan and talk about those things, but you know, in it all reality, away. they do, they do. And, and Toronto is a good team and they have just as big of a chance to, to make it to the cup final. And I, that's why I would love the avalanche to face them because you're getting a lot of publicity. If you, if you're the team that finally faces off against Toronto for the first time in 300,000 years, um, a big deal um so that i would like to see um like you're a devils fan on the east coast my east coast team is the rangers uh, i it was almost there last year i would have enjoyed to see that just for selfish reasons my dad uh was a big ranger fan so it's kind of like i inherently kind of root for them if the avalanche aren't in it and then finally i think you know friendships seeing mckinnon and crosby if it was Ooh. an avalanche pittsburgh final uh, that is another one that would get a lot of publicity because you have two of the absolute best one, maybe on the down or uh, definitely on the downside of his career, uh, going up against the, you know, one of the faces of the, of the league and the fact that they are so close and, and tight, uh, would, would be a good storyline for the NHL. So I think that it's almost too. like to see two good best friends and honestly it's a baton passing it's a good bow right. on the end of sid's career and it's one dynasty to potentially another yeah um and i don't know if that i mean that, that's kind of a long shot I, I, pittsburgh where do they have them on this thing it's pretty um pittsburgh oh they actually have pittsburgh at number nine in this thing yeah i, I think that's a little bit high so i mean I don't know. It, one of those things, anything can happen in hockey. So uh, I, I, those are probably like the three that I would like to see. So um, if you're listening and you have your thoughts of uh, who you would like to see the ads face up against, whether it's your other team like ours or just a, a fun matchup that you think would be great, uh, throw it out in the comments. We want to know what they are. But other than that, it will wrap it up for today's episode of Locked on Avalanche. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. Obviously, that's always appreciated. Uh, you can follow us on all our socials and wherever you can listen to your podcasts. We're free and available everywhere you do listen to your podcast. 
Uh, all right, man. That'll wrap it up for today. Yeah, we couldn't get the crossover with Jack. We're still working on that. He's a busy man, so it might get pushed back to next week, but uh, we'll have another one before the season starts with him. So I think, what are we, a week away now? Mm-hmm. A week away. Seven days. Let's do it. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. For Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go! Go, Abs, go!